Hi, everyone. It's Peter. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Superficial Spirit. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to ask you to take a second to review, follow, like, and share your favorite episode of The Superficial Spirit. Your support means so much to me. Also, if you see me on the street, don't be shy. Come up and say hello, okay? All right, now let's get into today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Superficial Spirit, where we explore how pop culture affects our spiritual experiences. My name is Peter Breeze. Join me while we ask a very important question. What the hell did pop culture do to me? Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Superficial Spirit. Thanks again for joining me, friendly neighborhood celebrity, Peter fucking Breeze. And I'm here with, he's looking for love in all the dark places. It's Derek. Hi, are you my daddy? It's me. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm really running out of, I don't know what to say anymore. You know what? People on YouTube and people who listen are going to say yes. You are my daddy. Please, God, dear Lord in heaven, be my daddy. I'm looking for a daddy. You're looking for a daddy? You're not a daddy yourself? No, I guess I am. I can't play that card anymore. I'm just, I'm simply too old. You know, they started daddying me when I was 26. Do you think that's because, I'm thinking that's because of muscles. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, sometimes I think it, it just means that's hot or you're hot when someone just says daddy. But I felt like 26 was a little early regardless for that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but the gays, you know, we are shameless in our age shaming and you are old when you are 21, hunty. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think my grinder pictures are, um, I don't know what they are, but sometimes people say daddy to me. Um, and I'm like this, it's not what you think just because I'm 38. <laughs> It really is not what you think, please. No, um, I'm, but yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm not I'm not supporting anyone. Not because I can't, just because I don't want to. That's not the type of relationship I'm looking for. If you can't support yeah. yourself, then I don't love or respect you. Da- the, the whole like the whole like daddy thing too is like, is it always about money or is it just about like dominating family? Not family, but you know, like the the father figure fantasy. Yeah, but it's yeah, yeah, it's all that. But I mean, it's sort of you don't expect the person occupying that daddy position who in every other way is taking care of you to sort of not encompass finance like he's taking you to dinner. He's driving the car around, you know, he's paying for gas. He's driving you back and forth, whatever, you know, whatever else daddies do. He's buying you gifts. You know, I think that's part of it. And actually, now that I'm thinking about it, you can be a femme daddy because look at Liberace. Remember Liberace and his like young, hot, muscly lovers? And Liberace was basically RuPaul, like diamonds, jewels, soft. He floated through the air. So I guess that's an interesting idea, like power, money and status being the object, not necessarily muscles and masculinity. No, um, dominance can be found in all body types and persuasions, I think even a Liberace can be obviously financially dominant. He had all the power in that relationship. Oh my God, I've been watching more Miranda Sings documentaries talking about power dynamics. Someday we're going to have to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm writing it down. Um, Speaking about Grindr, okay, so um, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I am going to talk about it because we started talking about Grindr and that's what happens. I so Evan was out of town recently and um I am on Grinder. I go on Grinder mostly when I go to new areas because I like the endorphin hit. I like to go to a brand new city, a brand new neighborhood, open the app and and see who taps me. Sometimes it's hundreds of thousands of people and sometimes it's nobody, but I I I like it. It's addicting. Um I I have hooked up with people on the app for sure. Not really my thing. Um but when Evan was away, this really fucking weird thing happened. Um he was away in Toronto. I was by myself with my dog and I'm on the app and I'm scrolling and the infamous 
headless torso. No, sorry. Blank profile messages me. Okay. Blank profiles for people who don't know Grinder is like they're on there. And if you don't know what Grinder is, it's a hookup app. Although Derek, I think you have a more eloquent way of saying what Grinder is, but it's a place where gay guys looking looking for love, quote unquote love, I guess, even though that's I don't, what do you think? It, it's a place for adults, uh, you know, not even men at this point, not even necessarily just males, but for adult individuals uh, who sleep with men and are, I guess, kind of not cis females. I'd, I'd say that's the only group that's not really looked fondly on on Grindr to uh, make connections for whatever consenting um, activities they might desire. Yes. Okay, great, great. Um, so this blank profile messages me. Um starts talking all dirty and I'm like I just don't get that approach why aren't you showing your face and the profile says you know discreet down low whatever and I do sometimes um and this is kind of like a separate thing but like the whole fetishization of straight men I've talked about this on the show and the blank profiles when they reach out to me that's the first thing that comes into my mind what if it's a hot straight guy oh my god what if it's a hot straight guy honey and i get a, you know a little excited so depending on my mood and depending on what's going on i'll either talk or not this particular time i was talking to him um he sends me um body pics super hot um really nice body i sent him some pictures nothing dirty don't get nasty um but i was like you have a really nice body why don't you show me your face and he's like oh no i'm discreet and i'm like okay um, meanwhile, he was being extremely explicit about what he was um, wanting from me or I guess whoever he was hooking up on Grinder. And um, for uh, friends and family, if you don't want to hear some explicit sex talk, you need to pause the show now. Giving you a moment. Press the pause button, mom. Um, he had a thing for cum. Okay. And he was just like, I want cum on my face. I want cum on my body. I want cum all over me. And I was like, okay have uh, you know sure why not um kind of rolling with it not really my thing um we had like a small exchange i i basically went to sleep and didn't obviously hook up with him um the next day i woke up and i had messages from him and it was sort of like a continuation but one of the messages was do you have videos of you fucking in in reference to Evan and I. And I said, no, I'm classy. And I spelled classy C-L-A dollar sign, dollar sign Y. And he said, there's nothing classy about being a faggot, bro. And then he blocked me. The cum slut called me a faggot and then blocked me. And I was like, first of all, I haven't been called a fag in so long by like somebody on the street or somebody on a bar. The fact that I'm getting called a fag on Grinder by somebody who was begging me to come over and have sex with them is fucked up. And I do remember, actually, I think I texted you. This was probably the same weekend where I was like, texted you. I was like, what is with people not having a conversation and just thinking that they can come over and have sex? Fuck me, get ahead, whatever. Like zero, zero, zero communication and just like going to it. I I feel like when I'm on Grinder, Grindr, I, I don't feel bad about myself, but I do question, like, if I was single, would I be able to deal with this? Because it seems pretty standard that the expectation or at least the bar is low for a lot of people in terms of as long as you're willing, as long as you're attractive, and as long as you are like in somewhat in the same mode of what you're looking for sexually, they'll they'll come over and do it. And I messaged you and I was like, is this like, am I a prude? Am I too vanilla to like do this? Um, and you you had some nice advice. Yeah, I don't think you're a prude. Um, and I'm not against like same day hookup. Like you start talking to someone and then they come over that same day. Not against that at all. Um, I haven't used Grinder in a long time. I'm like seeing somebody now, but and I have no. I just don't have an interest in it. And for the last like several months before that, I was like using it with a faceless profile anyway because I don't want any incoming messages. And I certainly wasn't hooking up with anybody. But so like you know, I, but when, when I was. Um, like I'm not the freshest at grinder politics right now to speak of it, but I feel like that when somebody is like, I'll hook up with you on the same day if we're like vibing or whatever. But if you, that's after talking a little bit, like that's after, yeah. I don't know, a certain number of messages back and forth where I've gotten a vibe for you. But if you're throwing out, I want you to come on me. I want to eat your cum. I want to, I want you to come in my eyes. I want to pull the cum out of my belly button and lick it off my fingers. I want to slip and slide in your cum. I want you to fill a kiddie pool with your cum. Cum, 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 cum. Like (laughs) if you're hitting me with that so fast, I feel like that's kind of 
I just don't, I don't feel safe, you know? Yeah. Cause I don't, if somebody, if that's, it, it's almost like someone's trying to hook me to come over without revealing anything about themselves on purpose to obscure identifying information about themselves so they can like get away with something. Like, I don't know. That's what it feels like to me. I don't trust it. And I don't think people like that. I don't think people like speak like that normally. So it puts me off. But I think in the case of like your situation specifically, where they also didn't even have a face, but they were wanting to talk to you about this extremely specific fetish and to get like videos and stuff from you, but not giving really you anything back, certainly nothing identifying and claiming to be discreet. Like I have even heightened more suspicion of that than someone if they did have a face and were doing all those things very much because one, I feel like people use Grindr that way because they just want to talk to someone about their fetish. They just want to dirty talk to someone and maybe get a few pictures and videos out of the deal, you know, but with no intention of ever meeting you. And I also think the I'm discreet thing it with no face is usually catfishing because yeah. if you're at the point where you're exchanging these private messages, it's one thing to not have a public face on the app in the grid, like no profile picture, but then to be engaging in a conversation with somebody but still claim to be discreet and not want to reveal your face. Like, I don't know what, I, I don't buy that because I feel like there it's not rational. Like who's, who's on Grindr thinking I'm going to get the faces of as many discreet guys that I can and then somehow find out who they are. And then somehow what find out who their family is, find out who their work is yeah. and like black, blackmail them or send these embarrassed or just send a face picture of them and claim it came from Grindr. What yeah. is the motive that what are people afraid of? Like, I don't buy it when people say they're discreet like that. And so I think you were being catfished, honestly, probably just so that someone could dirty talk about their fetish with you and maybe get some stuff, some media from you. But then why the next day call me a fag and block me? I guess maybe they were like in the zone, probably got what they wanted, cummed had the release and then the next day they were like okay i'm not into this anymore that's yeah, what i was thinking maybe it was post not clarity or or maybe it was just um feeling rejected post. by you you know feeling rejected by you and just wanting to lash out which is the thing got we know guys guys do on dating apps like all the time right yeah it's you know that that pattern of like hey 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 nice tits you're so hot i love you so much hey hey are you there why are you ignoring me you're an ugly bitch yeah, like go, go I, die, I, whatever, I, right. When whenever I get explicit messages on Grinder, I do wonder if, for some reason, I I think that straight men or men who are on who are um seeking these types of experiences with women would be more restrained. I definitely know that men aren't sending their fucking booty hole pics to women. I don't think they're not but sending I, their best. They're not sending their best. They're sending, they're sending criminals. Sorry. <laughs> Um, I do wonder if females get that, but I think that they probably do because men are creepy and it's just shocking. And I do. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I would fare if I was single, because I do feel like there would be a lot of pressure to also condoms. Condoms seem to be a faux pas. Um, I know at least when I was in Toronto, a lot of my friends were just like, why on earth would you ever wear a condom? And I know that we have prep praise Jesus for prep. Um, that's a huge advancement. But do, don't you think that you can still wear condoms? There are other STIs that you can get potentially that you would want to avoid. And like, why are we turning up our nose at condoms just because prep prevents HIV? Like, is that is that irresponsible? And I know this sex positive people are, you're slut shaming. No, bitch. I don't want fucking crazy gonorrhea. Not that I'm having sex with anyone besides Evan, but you know what I mean? What do you think about that? I mean, I don't want to call it responsible or irresponsible because I think people are capable of assessing their own risk. However, mm -hmm. I think condom shaming would be very weird given that it is a choice about someone's personal assessment of their own risk level. I always default to condom use. And if someone says, no, don't bother, I might just go for it without, or I might say like, are you certain that, you know, like when was your last test or whatever? And then I might go for a condomless. Right. But I'm always offering that option. Um, and I, I mean, I don't, I don't bottom, but if I did, I would, I would be freaked out by someone who didn't offer that up front and just thought they were going to go for it. I wonder too, um, obviously on this show, the whole, the whole underlying current is like connection and how can we find i guess an elevated experience in seemingly superficial places right like spirituality and pop culture and when i'm on grinder i think about this human connection that's available 
on the app or also restricting human connection. I, I have seen a lot of my friends who are single and looking for love on the apps. And, and I mean, looking for love in a really sincere way. They want it. They're open. They are doing what they can to attract the people that they like. And what I've seen, and I'm not saying this is everybody's experience, but it seems to perpetuate loneliness. Um, I don't know if it's, it's the, it's the nature of the app and it's unavoidable or if it's the way that we as gay men are using the app. But I do wonder um, how this is affecting our community at a whole. This is a like we can dive, dive deep into this, but we don't need to do that today. It was just a thought that I had about how does Grindr affect the way that we're connecting with each other authentically outside of come eat my cum. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've said before on the podcast that I think it just gives us more opportunity to be rejected. So that can feel lonely for sure. I'm also aware that when in the past I've used it and sometimes used it heavily, like opening it every few minutes, just because I want that, like, I guess it's dopamine, that hit of dopamine from getting some attention. Um, similarly to the way I do Instagram, do I have a notification? Do dopamine rush? Great. Doing that every few minutes. Um, I know that that I have noticed that they're it'll come over me after doing that for a period. And I'll be like, Oh wow. Like I'm finding this really isolating and lonely because I'm, I'm seeking connections whenever I'm on it in a certain way, like the act of using the app, clicking on somebody, sending a message, receiving a message, all of that. It's literally to seek a connection. And if you're not making the ones you want, I feel like that mm. is, that does increase, you know, feelings of loneliness and isolation. So for sure. Um, I would agree that, I mean, there's some potential to talk about, oh, is it toxifying our community? Like, I'm not too sure. I don't know about yeah. that. Does it change the way we interact with each other? Probably not. I think men are just kind of gross. Like, I think if you're yeah. getting these, you know, come over and come on me messages, like, that's just how men are. That's what men want up front. A lot of the time, there are a lot of unclassy men out there that are not for you and they're not for me, right? That's not what we're looking yeah. for. But it is what somebody else is looking for, as evidenced by the fact that there are so many of them. <laughs> so more power to them, I guess. For me... um, that constantly seeking a connection that I'm not getting in return, that obviously does create loneliness. This um, this this whole idea too, like how I feel a little um, prickly about the lack of communication and um, I guess attempt at personal connection before going for the let's let's have sex. I just found out um, when I moved back to Vancouver. So in the last few months about sniffies, is that, is that what it's called? Sniffies or sniffles? I don't know. I don't know. Sniffies. Okay. Sniffies is a app. God, I'm going to be so embarrassed if that's the wrong name. Um, is the, is an, is a hookup app that is designed to um, make it even more straightforward. So there is even less communication and it's basically you put a pin you tell the people oh where God. you are and then the location becomes open. So let's say I want to have a sex party at my house. Oh my I put God. in the location and then people can just show up. Like it's like an open door policy. You can approve or deny who has access to your address. But my friend, I'm not going to say their name, um, was showing me and they had, they have parties, um, sex parties. And um, it's like, just dick pics or butts and it's just locations that people are cruising um and i've been curious about cruising too because i do feel like there's a resurgence of cruising culture and like um fisting even though that's separate from cruising but this 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 drilling down of even less talk and getting even even more direct about like i don't need to know your name I don't want to talk to you. I just want to know what you look like. And I want to know that you're available to have sex at this particular location at this particular time. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I didn't know that. I haven't heard of this. You um, haven't? Oh, hang on, no. I mean, Google it. It. It's a little shocking. <laughs> it sounds deeply, It sounds deeply unsafe. <laughs> Sniffy's app. Sniffy's is a map-based cruising app for the curious. Sniffles emphasizes cruising as an immersive interacting experience, making it the hottest dot, dot, dot. I'm not going to click on it because I don't want to know what's next. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, maybe we can explore that. Um, what we'll do, well, not you and I, but like we'll, we'll find some stories. But yeah, interesting. Hey, that you, like, I'm like, Derek, I can't believe this person wants to have sex with me with barely talking to me. Meanwhile, the community is like, we need more direct sex. <laughs> I, mean, I guess, I mean, I guess enough people do that they, somebody yeah. saw a gap in the market for that. I don't know. It's not for me. I don't yeah. think, I don't think ever, like, I literally don't think I've ever 
done the anonymous just come over like i'll be on my knees with my mouth open like none of that ever <laughs> i've never done that i don't know not it's yet. just not for me not it, can, it can be not it can yet. be it can be for you or not you peter but for you the listener and that's lovely and fine and whatever and like no king shaming or whatever but it sounds deeply unsafe it, just it sounds does deeply and, unsafe. and just for people who are listening that may find that i'm being judgmental i obviously am a little bit about this because for what i i who knows why but when i was considering how like the evolution of this podcast one idea i had was like doing separate seasons for different topics and really going deep into like an idea and one of them was going to be gay sex and like going to the bathhouse and then like having an episode about it going to the cruising areas and having an episode about it because even though i talk about it like i'm I'm too vanilla and i'm like turning up my nose and i'm a little prissy i'm deeply curious about the process what it gives people how they feel like it affects the connection and their love for themselves and for other people and actually have reached out to a few people on instagram that um use only fans or super sex positive or open about being sex workers about coming on the show nobody has um agreed yet because i guess it's it's sensitive and i don't know i don't know why they're open about it online showing everything they've got but I, I am curious about it. My questions and curiosity is like, I want to know. It's not about shaming. It's like, really? That's so different from the way I'm experiencing sex. I want to know more about you. That's yeah, where it is. You know, it occurs to me that I say, wow, that sounds unsafe. And people are going, that's the point. Because I think uh... people are excited. I think there are people who are excited by risk. And that's probably opening a whole other can of worms about the things that that this type of person who's into that does that I don't know how I could discuss without kink shaming. So yeah, let's put a pin in that. We'll put a pin in that, honey. Yeah. Um, kind of goes into our next topic, actually. Um, actually, when you said dangerous, I can't. Do you know how many fucking drugs I've done with strangers in the back alley of some club? I didn't ask any questions, so I'm not judging people who do that sexually. I've definitely taken risks, and I do like the rush. Not anymore. Not all the time. Um, this does kind of go into one. Listen, I texted you one morning. I woke up and I was already waking up arguing in my head about this topic and it kind of piggybacks um the conversation about grinder and connection and gay community and blah 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 troy savon i love troy savon troy savon is a like young i think he's in his 20s super skinny gay pop star i think he started on youtube and he's had like quite a great pop career um recently and i mean recently like around pride so vancouver pride so august released a song called rush rush i immediately liked it stood out as a song because it reminded me of the village people there was like the chorus is like i feel the rush addicted to your touch and it's like village man it's a chorus of of male voices which you don't hear very often in pop songs it's it's super pop songs are, are traditionally more feminine soft or at least um not going deep like they're they're about like going up 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 and exploding um so I love the song immediately. The video came out. I loved it. The first shot was um, this fucking beautiful butt of this guy smacking his own ass. And then the video starts and it's the video is um, I, I, I from what I remember, it's kind of like on a dock or like in an industrial area. It's outside, like on a beach kind of thing. It's a bunch of men. They're naked. They're dancing, um, super sexualized. Um, Troy Savon is, you know, in a in a bathroom at one point, kind of cruising, goes down on somebody or they go down on him. Um, I can't remember what they're doing. Poppers. The song is about doing poppers and bottoming. Um, and poppers are a big part of queer culture uh, for straight people who are listening who don't know. Basically, how would you describe poppers? They're in a little bottle. You smell them and it makes it easier for somebody to put their penis in your butt. Well, it's literally shoe polish and or VHS tape head cleaner uh, that you open the bottle and you just take a really deep sniff, kind of like smelling salts, I guess. And I get now I've like never I've maybe done tried I've tried poppers like one time and I hated it. So I I don't know what you're supposed to feel. It just gives me a headache and makes me grumpy. I don't know what else to like. I guess people get a high off of it. I guess it relaxes their sphincter um, and there's a euphoric um, feeling and they, you know, it's easier to accept into your orifice, whatever it is you desire to put in there. So uh, so I guess that's the point. I, I don't really know. I'm not one to say. Yes, that that's what it is. So listen. First of all, I need to say that 
it's no secret that I I wanted to desperately be famous. That's still a part of my daily experience as a human being is like thinking about fame, looking at pop culture, watching paparazzi videos, wondering about why I'm not famous. Um, so when Troy Sivan came out, there was like a very visceral reaction for me about feeling like one, oh my God, there's finally a twink pop star. If Troy Sivan had been around when I was growing up and I and I saw and I saw him on TV, it would have made it easier for me to um see myself in pop culture as opposed to looking at Britney and being like, I'm gonna be like Britney, I'm gonna be like Paris Hilton. I could have been like, I'm gonna be like Troy Savon because we look alike, we're the same. He's gay, I'm gay, he's a twink, I'm a twink. Um, so I I'm my 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 thoughts and feelings about Troy Savon are extremely celebratory because I feel so lucky to be seeing this in pop culture. Same with Kim Petras. Kim Petras, trans singer, amazing, has the best fucking pop songs a little problematic because she worked with dr luke who is a predator allegedly pretty much is um but besides that super cool that we're at a time when kim um troy are, are doing their thing sam smith also openly queer pop star it's just a time also what's his name um the other one they're a band i can't think of it right now he's also a little twinkie oh years and years i think they're called years and years so great time for queer pop okay so when i see this video for rush immediately i'm like oh my god i watched it a million times i was so excited i was like these are me and my friends this reminds me of my 20s this reminds me of like being young and crazy and sexy and exploring sex for the first time it was just like amazing not a damn second later bitch i start seeing online the people that were um, upset with the lack of diversity in Troy Sivan's music video. So at the moment, I was like, "Ugh, whatever, like 2023, very, very on brand for like the internet to take a music video and immediately reject it because it doesn't check all the boxes. The day that I woke up arguing in my head about this and I reached out to you and said, I want to talk about it on the show is because I saw this fucking TikToker who was like basically doing like a, a point by point reason about why the video is bad, why it's problematic. They pointed out how Troy Savon's response to it because Troy did a... Uh, um, interview and his response was basically like, I hear the critique. It wasn't what we were thinking about when we were creating the music video. Um, I myself has experienced experienced a lot of um, discomfort with my own body. And I'm paraphrasing here. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he's like, I've always been super skinny. I never felt comfortable. It's not a body type that's celebrated. So I get why people are uncomfortable. That was his response. It was like, not apologizing, acknowledging it, but also saying, I have had this experience too. So I'm not completely dismissing it. Charlie XCX also was on Twitter and was like, I can't um, basically saying it's really sad that you can't please everybody. Like somebody releases a music video and it's either not diverse enough or it's too cookie cutter and boring. And she said, you know, something along the lines of like, this sucks. Like, let's just celebrate music and celebrate art. And then um, somebody on my story shared that they were at Pride. And he shared this TikTok and he was like, first Well, I'm sorry. So I don't know if it came through what the TikTok exactly said. What are the criticisms of the video? No body diversity. That's the biggest thing. It was all muscly, hot men. Um, I don't think it was about ethnicity. It was all about body image. Okay. So no fat people, nobody that looked uh, anything other than fit. I would say fit, like visible abs, um, not super muscular, but like visible abs, tight bodies, young and beautiful people. Okay, That's and the TikTok was yeah. the TikTok was basically saying you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't cast only skinny, attractive people in your video. Yeah, where where's something. the diversity, Troy? Like, there there are are these bodies not sexy? Can we not have a diversity? Like, come on, it's twenty twenty three. Like, you should have cast more diverse bodies. Then this person on um, Instagram shares that TikTok and then shares a story about how they were at Vancouver Pride. And um, sorry, it wasn't Vancouver Pride. It was a different Pride. And they had recently gone through um, a transformation with their body, I'll say. And they were going to parties where there was a lot of shirtless people and they didn't feel comfortable. And they said there was a divide between people who were taking off their shirts and people who were keeping their shirts on. And the reference was like, this is a problem. Like, why isn't Troy Sivan acknowledging different body types? And why am I going to pride and feeling uncomfortable because people are taking off their shirts and they're muscular? 
And when I say I was filled with rage, I was filled with rage because I just feel like at what, why, why, why on God's green earth is it Troy Sivan's responsibility to cast a music video and check every single box that could possibly be imagined of body types in the world? First of all, that's fucking impossible because if you go to any beach in the world, you can see there's so many types of bodies. Also, why can't Troy Sivan have an aesthetic that he's trying to um, trying to create with his art? And why can't he celebrate that? And when I say that people are saying it's not representative of the queer, queer community, it's bullshit because it is representative. And people like me, yes, I'm 38. Yes, I'm white. Yes, I'm cis. So I'm going to be the Gen Z army who is constantly outraged about every single thing. But guess what? There are different experiences and you can celebrate this video, even though there isn't um, your particular body type in it. And why is it the shirtless people's problem or like the promoter's problem for having a space that people are taking off their shirts? And what? And this is what I want to ask you, Derek. Well, you can like just tell me what you think about this, but like. When we're th- when we're considering that party that this person went to and felt uncomfortable, I really want to know specifically what could change about that person's experience that would make them feel comfortable. Is it that they would put more diverse bodies on the poster so that when you're looking at it, you're like, okay, I feel a little bit better because I see that there's body diversity. Chances are you'll go to that event and you'll still see somebody with their shirt off that's muscular. Would it be that these people that have their shirts off, um, another option would be that they come to you, they welcome you, they introduce themselves, they're friendly, and they say, hey, you can take off your shirt too. Like we're all welcome here, no big deal. Would that make you um, feel comfortable taking off your shirt? Or is it that you are wanting the people that you're, I guess, interpreting as being more attractive than you desiring you and wanting to fuck you would that make you feel better about your body because my sense is like i've felt uncomfortable in in spaces i've gone to events and feeling like nobody wants to fuck me it sucks nobody wants to feel like that i don't want anybody to feel like that but i also know that's happening inside my own damn head and there's nothing anybody can do on the outside that's going to change the way i feel about themselves you can get a compliment and it can boost your endorphin like we were talking about with grinder but the whole narrative about like troy savon needing to make people feel better about their bodies um I, I i just felt like it wasn't his responsibility and going to a party and feeling insecure because other people have their shirts off and they have nice bodies and i say nice because those are the words that he used um is confusing to me and I I don't get it. I don't think that it's a real issue because I don't think that um, it's a problem that gets solved externally. It's something that has to happen inside of yourself about cultivating self-love, cultivating acceptance, and trying to find things about you that you feel good about so that you can either go into those spaces and feel better and take off your shirt and kiki or n- not go there and go somewhere else that you feel comfortable and watch another damn music video. Go to a Sam Smith concert, bitch. Go to a Lizzo concert. These people are are fucking huge, massive stars, have amazing music that are killing it in pop culture and represent a body type that is not Troy Sivan. And is that not enough? Does every music video need to check every box? It's just like, oh my God, how tiring is it to consume pop culture? Like, um, I mean, I guess I'll address the questions about your friend and what spaces they should be going into and what the responsibility is of those spaces or those promoters to make them feel welcome. And then that can kind of lead me into commenting with regard to the video. Um, because I think I'll describe, like, I think I'll end up describing the psychology I think, um, leads to these opinions that, that, you know, is the same one that's going to the video. So like, I mean, your question was, um, what, what is the responsibility of the spaces? And I do think that there are, parties that I've seen um, around locally here in Vancouver. And if I could remember which ones they were, I would shout them out, but I can't. I just know that I have, because I I don't go out much, so I don't know which brand of party is which. But I often do see lately in the last maybe, I don't know, maybe right before the pandemic or or just post-pandemic, maybe more recently, I am starting to see those posters that have more diverse, they're advertising more diverse go-go dancers or non-binary go-go dancers or, you know, you know, different body types or different um, people who, you know, are visible minority, racial minorities, or some combination of all of these, right? So like, you know, I think that, I think that potentially sends a signal that this is a party that's not just for like, one type of, you know, gay man, it's for potentially, other. you know, if you didn't think you were going to be represented at this party, well, we are putting go-go's on the stage, or hiring performers, drag 
drag people, I won't even say queens, um, who fit a broader diversity of categories. So you're going to see yourself represented. You know, they're welcome. We're putting it on the stage as this is talent. This is sexy. That's like an invitation, I think. And so I know there are parties who are doing that lately that I've seen. However, I also think that if a space doesn't do that, if that's not what they're about, that's fine. Now, now, of course, there aren't enough spaces that are welcoming and diverse. And so thank goodness, there are a few that are popping up that are making this effort. So that's, I will, I will acknowledge that there aren't enough places for people to go where they feel outwardly welcomed, like there's an effort made to welcome mm -hmm. them. Yeah. So that's, that's true. Um, but also, but I do not think that it's everyone's duty to appeal to everyone. Not everything is for everyone. Not every cultural product is aimed at you specifically. Um, and I wonder with the regard to like your friend going to something, I'm feeling like they shouldn't take their shirt off, like at pride or whatever. Um, is that, is that what you want? Like would feeling confident taking your shirt off be the thing that made you feel welcome in that space? Why is that? And is that something pride or whatever party in question? Is that something they have to communicate to you that you're okay to do that? I don't know. I don't think that's how it works. Like, I don't think that's what these spaces are for. I don't think they're for you to take your shirt off. I think you can if you want to. And if you don't feel comfortable doing that, I don't know that that's something anyone else has to make happen for you. Um, so, and I guess like, I think you said, maybe it's more about wanting to be desired by the types of people that you see having their shirts off. And I would, I would just encourage some reflection around that to maybe your friend or whoever shares this thought, because I don't, yeah, I just don't think seeing a lot of shirtless people is oppressive. I just, I just don't. I just don't think seeing body types that aren't your own or that you find desirable or that you wish you had is inherently oppressive. I simply don't think that. And then that's, that's what I think is the attitude about the music video that I find so annoying and unfortunate. I think that's what people are responding to. And I think that's what they're thinking. I think they're thinking, well, I don't look like that. I'd like to, or I'd like to be desired by that, or I desire that and I could never get it or whatever it is. Like, I don't know. But I don't think that the video has to do that. I don't think it has to make you feel desired. Um, I think the music video historically is a space where mostly straight men have objectified women with a very specific body type. And I think to focus on, on it not having enough diversity is to kind of take away what it is, which is Troy Sivan doing the thing that straight men have been able to do forever, which is express what I, I assume he thinks is sexy, which is a particular body type, which is exactly what straight men have always done. Um, but it's gay men being objectified in this way. That's pretty brand new. That That is transgressive. So I think to, I, I just don't like diminishing or eliminating. Uh, I don't like erasing what the impact of that video actually is to focus on like what you wish it was. I just don't think it has to be for you. I don't think he has to think every body type is sexy. And I don't think he has any duty to represent that for the entire world. And I don't think there was any winning when he responded in kind of a nonchalant way saying, this isn't what we were trying to do. Um, I don't think there was, he couldn't have given an explanation that that would have satisfied anyone. And he couldn't have done a video that would have satisfied anyone because somebody would have said, I don't feel represented by this. If he'd had a huge diversity of bodies, well, okay, well, so what do are women now being excluded? What well, uh, can't, you know, it can't be for everyone. Yeah. And that, that was Charlie XCX's um, comment was like, you can't please everybody. So why are we going to try? And I think there was a time um, not too far in the past where it was like, that kind of outrage would get people canceled and, and artists had to be extremely accountable to that kind of criticism. But I do feel like Troy's response um, being a little bit more nonchalant is reflective of maybe people being able to brush off the criticism a little faster, taking it in, but being like, you know what? I hear you, but that's okay. You're allowed to be upset. You are allowed to watch a music video and be like, that's bullshit. I don't like that. It doesn't mean that the music video artist needs to change it and appease you because the idea that you're going to go out into the world and every time you're uncomfortable, the world is going to bend to make you feel better is unrealistic. And I think on social media, there is a microcosm of experiences that do bend to your whim and you get that instant reaction of people validating your feelings and changing the language and, and saying, yes, you're right. Um, and maybe it gets, you know, caught up in the news and it's sort of like a moment, but that's not the real world. And Troy Savon's allowed to make whatever music video he want. And he's a skinny 
he's probably like 120 pounds soaking wet. And when I tell you nobody on Grinder is running out the door to fuck somebody who is 5'7 and 120 pounds and looks like they're 16. Maybe some people who like, like the young fetish. But he's also not a celebrated body type. So when somebody who is watching Troy Sivan and feels like his mere presence is is insulting or offensive because he's another quote unquote skinny white pop star you're 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 missing the point the celebratory experience of what it could be and also there are other artists who are doing the thing that you're craving right like does i and i don't i don't even know if i want to say this because i don't know if it is but like in sam smith music videos is he having muscular people represented? no um no in i think i'm i'm thinking of the um body shop the fuck yeah i'm thinking of his body like in a corset and there's lots of people of various shapes like he's not he's not tanned or anything he's not muscular right so there's your representation like the music video choice of unmade is art you don't have to be comfortable with it because it's art and it's something he expressed and i think what he expressed is what he finds hot and i think you're right i don't think he has an idealized body type uh, what we would consider to be idealized, right? What what culture tells us men should look like, which is like muscular and big. He is not that. He's real thin. He has wide hips, like those, and, and so does everyone else in the video. And that wide hips. <laughs> he does. I mean, he's got a feminine shape to his body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not what we think is idealized. So there was no winning, right? He can't express himself and what he likes without it offending someone, but he's also not masculine enough, right? Like he's not, society is telling him that's not good enough either. So I just, I don't know, I find it very strange. And I think it really misses the point of, of what you could be celebrating, right? You could be celebrating the fact that this is, this is a Twinkie gay guy whose body is not idealized, objectifying and casting exactly the same sort of filmic techniques on that type of body as men have done to women since forever. And that's yeah. and that's fresh and that is transgressive and that makes an impact. And I think it's myopic and sad and selfish to want that to be everything for you. I don't know, I don't know where they get the idea that Troy Savon as an individual has to do that for yeah. everyone, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, you kind of touched on this about the desirability of certain body types, right? Like it's almost like taboo to say or celebrate the I, the classically desired. I mean, I'm thinking now of like Roman statues, like historically there is a body type that has always been celebrated. There's also a, a time when being fat and I did have Lauren on my show and we did a whole episode about fat um icons and pop culture and um we had a whole like segment about saying the word fat and it should be okay to use the word fat because it's a descriptive word so that's why i'm saying it um a time when like the wealthy and the desirability of the wealthy was fat because you didn't do any work and you got to lie around all the time and like eat and it was luxurious and that's the thing a lot of my female friends are fat women and believe when i tell you there are hundreds of thousands and millions of men who want to fuck them all the time. So there is desirability. And I feel like it's okay. Like, I think what was happening with Troy Sivan is like the fear of admitting that the people in the video were ideal or like, generally speaking, a lot of people would look at it and find it attractive. Um, If you put a different body type in the music video, does it make the other people less attractive? And does it equal the playing field really, you know, like the idea of desirability and us trying to change the narrative of desirability that it probably just isn't, it's giving more visibility to different body types, but I think you're either attracted to it or you're not. And it doesn't matter how many times I see a bear and I'm talking about like a big hairy man, I'm never going to be attracted necessarily. It doesn't matter how many times I see. I don't understand why we would. Yeah, why would why I don't understand why we would demand that this music video be representative of of even of real life, right? I'm imagining the counter arguments to everything that you and I have said, and I'm I'm imagining someone going, well, because you do see diverse people in real life. Well, wait a second, I thought your whole argument was that people that look not like this aren't allowed in those spaces anyway. So you're wrong about that. It's more true to those spaces than you know than not. It would not be as true to those spaces to invite different types of bodies. And two. Um, this is just, it's, this is a music video about Troy Sivan expressing something very specific to what his song is about, which is him having sex. So why shouldn't it represent that? It's not, it's not Glee. It's not a school where you can't, where you should have representation of diverse groups. It is a specific place and specific places where not everyone goes are, are, they exist. That's, that's a representation of what that is. That's a representation of something else. It's not a representation of society. 
you're allowed to be attracted to what you're attracted to. And I I don't want anybody to feel othered ever and going into a space because I have as a queer person, I'm always like low, low grade anxiety all the time. Cause you're like, is this guy that I'm about to run past on the path in the middle of the forest, homophobic and going to be triggered by me. I always have those thoughts. So I'm, I'm sympathetic, but I think I've been um, biting my tongue a little bit with this stuff because I, I do definitely feel increasingly that as an older millennial who is white, who is cisgendered, that my voice just isn't as, my opinion just doesn't weigh as heavily as it once did. And that's totally fine. I don't care if people agree with me. I don't care if they're listening. That's fine. Um, but I wanted to get that off my chest. So thank you. I mean, I mean, you alluded to, you talked about the reason why people are, think they are, they feel entitled to respond this way to like an art piece is because like they're able to filter their social media feeds to whatever they like and whatever they want to see. And they sort of project that onto like everything. And it's, yeah, it's just not that way. I mean, talking about where your voice is relevant, is it in these Twitter spaces where a bunch of probably teens and like early twenties are um, accustomed to filtering for whatever they want to see and for getting good feedback when they point out something provocative, but not necessarily correct. That's exactly what I think is happening to the response to something like this. It's, it starts as would be woke if this represented, if if all media represented everyone equally, Um, but it gets, it gets perverted, right. Or it gets misunderstood and, and, and sort of blanket applied to everything, right? Which is not, it's this, this isn't a representation of real life, this music video, and you don't get to control uh, someone else's artistic output and you go, don't get to tell them what's sexy. And it's just provocative to spend all this time trying to tear someone down basically, but it's not correct. You're not, you're not being yeah. woke. You're being anti-woke by policing this person's artistic output and basically communicating to him that this body type isn't worth enough yeah i just you know opportunity for reflection i I like my my spirituality is is, has evolved to like this always going inside and being like okay what what is this feeling what does this mean and i think anybody can benefit from just having a self-awareness about what's causing the feelings and how the world around them is actually pretty benign like the world is just being the world and you can choose to experience it however you want. Um, not saying that there isn't oppressive factors because there obviously is, but there is always a choice to, what does Michelle Obama say? When they go low, we go high. And, and the existence of things, of body types, the existence of body types is not inherently oppressive. You know? Yeah. It's okay to say we need more content that represents different types of people, but it's not the same thing as saying this content is somehow not doing its job by not representing all types of people. You don't make a space more diverse by pushing people out of it. You make room for them, right? So more of the content you wanna see, not make all the content you wanna see what you wanna see or make all the content that exists what you wanna see. You make room, right? You don't push things out. Yeah, it seems like a very tiring way to consume media. Um, And I think that's where the problematic um, relationship with um, social media and media in general comes in when there's just the constant triggering and the constant outrage. So anyway, that's that on that. Um, Let's talk about Britney. Listen, I know my last time. Let's end on a light note from Britney and her exploits. So I said last time I never want to talk to her again because I just felt like I'm only adding to the problem of like, why are we so obsessed with Britney? This poor woman just cannot catch a break. But also she's constantly dancing naked on Instagram. So she's feeding the flame. There were some videos I shared it on my Instagram where she randomly showed up at a bar in Cabo and was dancing in a red dress, red dress white sunglasses ratty ass fucking hair extensions pulled up kind of going into the bar and looking around like sort of like where am i what's happening you can't really tell who she's with either like i think i see a security guard sam wasn't there there were no girlfriends there it seemed like people who are at the bar and then britney and then obviously there were like tiktoks and um reels of of Britney throughout the night, um, going to the bar, having drinks, and then dancing and giving everybody the finger as they filmed her. And then she posted on 
on Instagram. Like, I had no idea I was being filmed from every angle. I'm just a normal person. Anyway, I just stopped in Cabo and I'm on my way to Italy for my favorite spaghetti and meatballs. And I'm like, damn, this bitch is like living the damn life. And I wish I was at that bar in Cabo. Fine, whatever. Like Brittany's doing her wacky, wacky doodle thing. But girl, this week, honey, when the rumors came out that she cheated on Sam, first of all, at first glance, I did believe it because Brittany has cheated. That, that Brittany being a cheater has come up a lot. Um, she's obviously hypersexual too. Not, and there was always stories about her taking off her clothes in front of her staff and sort of like doing inappropriate things. So I was like, yeah, okay. But then when we found out who she was fucking, it was her plumber. It was her damn plumber who was out on parole. He was an average looking guy. Nothing really remarkable about him, just somebody that you would walk by on the street. But when you compare Sam, basically a chiseled Greek god, super hot, six whatever, just like fucking movie star material, to the man that she apparently cheated on with, it's like, what the fuck, Brittany? Not that she can't find him attractive. You know what it reminded me of? In my wild days when I would like drink and do drugs and have like wild nights and sometimes hook up with people that I wouldn't normally find attractive because the drugs basically are pumping it through. I'm wondering like maybe Brittany is having that experience. Like you just, you you feel so sexual and you just, you're so called to this person and it may not be reflective of how you feel in real life. I was surprised to see this guy, the paparazzi were talking to him as he walked down the street and he was like, Brittany's doing great. He was her plumber. Brittany is fucking her plumber. Yeah. Yeah, she traded her, I don't want to say star, but her TV actor, personal trainer, hunk husband for her plumber. So that's interesting. I mean, it just struck me now that like, I don't want to let Brittany off the hook. Cheating is wrong. Cheating is bad. She's 40, what, two? She needs to, she's a grown woman for Christ's sake already. However... She's gotten positive feedback her entire life for being sexually enticing, come hither, coquettish, alluring for that type of performance. And I don't just mean on stage. I mean, yeah. performing this way in her every aspect of her life. This has given her positive feedback. Being a, you know, a little sexual Lolita. And she also doesn't, I don't, I suspect probably doesn't have a great constitution for saying, no, you can't use my body in this way, right? Mm -hmm. Because she is acquiesced to everything, dance moves, you're going to do this interview, to say nothing of the conservatorship, which further probably entrenched those behaviors and those, well, that's psychology. So I don't hold her, I'm not saying she's not responsible, but I can see in my mind her walking around her house, doing her provocative little twirly dances with the camera, slinking around, and being, this is not like, this is not to say that her presence or her body is inherently enticing, but I can maybe see her engaging in behaviors where she got positive feedback from like her staff or her plumber or whatever for being like, mm, do, do I look good in this? What do you think of my tits in this top, right? Because she's used to that, to getting positive feedback for doing that. And then sort of not being able to say, this is what I want. Um, and putting up a boundary where, you know, I may tease you, but I'm not cheating on my husband. I think she might not be used to saying no in that way, right? Mm. Where her advances were designed to get a particular type of attention that she then got and it never, I don't know if it didn't occur to her or if she doesn't have the capacity to say, no, I don't want to do this or what. Yeah. But I, as much as I want to hold her wholly responsible, I do think she cheated, by the way. As much as I want to hold her responsible for that, like we should with anyone, I also just see where it's coming from and I find it very sad, I guess is all I would say about that. Yeah. It just seems like... um uh I don't know. Like when I saw it, I just feel like sad because I feel like the lack of people around her is one thing I thought about. Um, like not going out and rebounding with girlfriends and having like a weekend because I don't think she has friends. Um, and just wondering too, like yet another quote unquote normal person. Cause Sam was just in her music video, right? Kevin Federline was a backup dancer. Um, her first, um, Jason Alexander was like her childhood friend. So there's a there's a common story of like the quote unquote regular guy and the pop star um, who inevitably get pulled into her orbit of like this unbelievable wealth and fame. And I'm wondering 
if that theme says something about like the power dynamic or like you say, the desirability of what would happen if she was with Brad Pitt, like somebody or Justin Timberlake, equal, equal, equal fame, money, status, all of that. It seems like we're always seeing Britney with somebody, um, I guess, of a lesser class financially, fame wise with accessibility. Um, It is a classist society in America. So she would be of the elite. And that's interesting too. And I see this plumber, he was the most like clean cut example of the average Joe getting to be with Britney Spears. And I'm like, wow, not surprising. There is a, there is a, um, there is a pattern there with her. Yeah. Um, I guess I hadn't really thought of that, but I do think that's true. When I think of other celebrities, let's say who Lady Gaga has dated, they're always somebody that is sort of in that echelon. Like there's some Mm -hmm. kind of investor or they're an entertainment manager or they're famous for something, right? That actor, Justin Thoreau or whatever was fairly famous. So it's the type of people she would run into in the course of being famous. Whereas with Britney, I think you're right. It's kind of regular people. And I, I guess I do wonder if there's something about her having that power and, and men who are in awe of her that she is perhaps do I want to say the word preying upon? I mean, I do think a power dynamic that significant. I do think it's a bit predatory as a pattern. Wow. Um, on the oh. other hand, I also want to kind of, I want to, I want to couch that in. I think approval from men is probably a big driver. And I think men being in awe of her like this is a way that that might fulfill that. Right. I think she mm-hmm. gets, heaps of approval from these men who are in awe of her right so i just I thought know. of something too um um her relationships with these regular guys that constantly outrages people as an act of rebellion against the system against her family like oh right. you think he's gonna be a gold digger i don't fucking care because it's my money bitch and so she she's using it as a way to validate her own outrage at the way she's been treated her whole life that could be something too i mean Maybe this is what she'll talk about in the book. You also brought up a good point in texting. Like, did they have to edit Sam out of the book? Like, was he a part Mm -hmm. of it? Like her happy ending? And then if he is not, what does that do to her book? I was like, the book has to be printed. It comes out in a month. But you're like, no, they probably waited longer. And now that I'm looking at the date, yeah, it's still more than a month away. So they definitely could make some quick changes for sure. Yeah, they could have potentially not started printing it yet. Although, given that it's going to be a huge run of books, maybe they have. It's hard to say. Yeah. Um, typically, they could edit up to sometime within the two months ahead of printing window. So, who knows? Um, yeah, I'm interested to read it. I'm dismayed by <laughs> her choice this time. When you just, I don't know. I, I just, and I said to you, I think that because the times when Sam had bruises on his body line up with like stories he's now telling about why they're broken up or something. Like, do I think he either got those bruises in an unrelated way and is now lying about what they were for? Or do I think he somehow made them himself in anticipation of cheating Britney Spears out of like alimony or something? No, I, I don't. I think he got those when he says he got them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So they line up with the timeline where he said she was cheating and he got, you know, she attacked him at night. I, some sources say he was attacked at night. He had these bruises at the same time. I mean, it, it lines up. I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's lies. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I said this though. I just want I want everyone to always remember that I said when Britney Spears was on the verge of being um, uh, emancipated from her um, from her conservatorship, I said people are going to find out who she really is, and it's not going to be good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not because That's I had funny. any reason to think she was bad, but because she was so she was placed as like such an she was so angelic in people's eyes that there was nowhere to go but down. Yeah. Such an innocent, Um, perfect victim, right? And there are no perfect victims. Let's be clear. Britney Spears has been a victim of many things. I think we've acknowledged them all in this like short conversation of the last five minutes. There's no perfect victim. It seems like she's done some fucked up shit. To wrap things up, do you know, do you remember Jen Shaw from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City who went to jail? Yeah. Okay. Do you know Elizabeth Holmes who went to jail for frauding? She created that fake... Um, she, it was a big scandal in Silicon Valley. She basically said she could use a drop of blood to like Theranos, Theranos. Yeah. Okay. 
Listen to this, bitch. Guess who's besties in jail? Jen Shaw and Elizabeth Holmes, honey. Elizabeth okay. Holmes is going to Jen Shaw's fucking booty bump class or fucking ab workout class. Can you believe it? Uh, I can't wait to see what uh, business venture they come up with. When oh, they get my out. God. You know what? We need the Real Housewives of Prison, honey. We need to get those Bravo count. Andy, get to the damn prison. Smuggle in a camera. You know Jen Shaw will do it. She'll wear it in her fucking bra. That's that, not a bad that, idea. That maybe a, um, maybe they'll add Erica Jane soon. Oh, to that cast. Oh, that's another T. Erica Jane tickets seven dollars on Ticket Hub. Oof, really? Yeah, but it's the Vegas show, right? Yeah, seven dollars. Yeah, that. But just so my fans are aware, that's what I'm going to be selling my tickets for too when I go back on tour to a Seven yeah. Eleven near you. Hell yeah. No, you can do uh, all the all the gay bars. I see you at Junction at 1181. Downtown Taxi Tour. <laughs> oh my God. Pump Jack. I'll come and I'll do my verse because I'm going to have a verse, right? I'll start sending you some of the demos, actually. Yeah. yeah you can listen. You can listen. Um, see if you like them. It's it's Maxwell. Some of them have Maxwell singing um, and some of them have robots singing because I basically what the process is, is he sends me the songs uh, we have about eight songs, by the way. It's kind of like turning Slam. into a thing. Um, he sends me the songs and then I have to practice with a vocal coach um, to learn how to sing them. And then we go into the studio and he finishes them. So when I send them to you, you just have to keep that in mind and maybe write down some ideas that you want to share on the podcast. But you have to be nice. Only positive thoughts. Positivity. Yeah, we'll do the run. Hey. Thank you, Mariah. Thank you.